With almost 100 IMDb credits, this guy has most likely crossed a screen you were watching. You think I'm kidding? Let's look at some of his recent work. Two slugs here, then again in the stomach. Fourth one, scuff my thigh. You have uh, had a few close calls. I took one in the Kevlar, knock wood. It's nothing too serious. This bastard came over to read me last rites, and he got one in the spine. <laughs> I guess you didn't want me going to heaven alone. I was afraid you might get lost. <laughs> might have. War has a flavor the protected will never taste. They look at the purple hearts, and they talk about valor. They don't want to hear about the guilt the nightmares, or the 30 years of headaches that come with it. Okay. Got to be kidding me. Thought you went fishing, Clive. You could have asked, Violet. Just needed some extra ovens for a day or so. Not one customer has been kept waiting, and I'm almost done for the day, so what's the problem? The problem is you can't use my kitchen for your side hustle. My side hustle. You're going to tell me that after all these years, you can't do me this one favor. We just need another day or two. Who's this? I'm Violet's assistant, Rhonda. Exactly. You're not my employee. Violet, she's an insurance risk. Y'all got to go. Now. I'm telling you, Clyde, you do this, you can't take it back. I'm gone for good. Uh, Mr. Belson, I'm sorry, but this list of demands is not remotely workable for a community of our size. Well, mayor's job is never easy, but you'll find a way if you care about your constituents. Mr. Belson, I grew up in this town. I've lived here my entire life. I'd do anything to wait, help Wait, 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 wait. Your entire life? Mm-hmm. How old are you? 47. That's a little weird, isn't it? The point is, I'd do anything to help the people of this area. But giving you public money on this scale would decimate our budget. I could have the local high school renamed after you. Rosa Parks has never even been to Goldbriar. I don't want a fucking high school. I want to manufacture boxes at an 80% profit margin. I don't understand. All my asshole friends keep getting NFL stadiums and corporate headquarters all fully paid for, and you can't make one fucking factory happen? I mean, the only things I have left to cut are essential services. There you go. Do that. You could have a volunteer fire department, because I can't afford a penny more than this. Can you estimate damage assessment? Bomb of this size set off at any number of strategic points on the river. Casualties start in the hundreds. Plus environmental effects to the groundwater and surrounding communities. Not to mention shutting down a main economic artery to the city. It's a conservative estimate. Without General Matthews to run the division, this falls on you, John. It's what I'm trained for. You have operational control of all law enforcement assets in the area. Yes, sir. I'd like to note that Special Agent Pride and his team have been invaluable. I want him in the field as my eyes and ears. Whatever you need, John, I'm counting on you. I won't let you down, sir. What's happening? Am I in trouble? No. Mr. Navid, you're about to become a citizen of the United States of America. Really? Now? You passed your test. I'm thwarted a major attack. Besides, you dress for the occasion. And I've been in touch with the State Department about starting the visa process for your mother and sisters. 
please put up your right hand and repeat after me. I don't need to repeat. I know it by heart. I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjured all allegiance and fidelity to all foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been subject or citizen, that I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies. When did you guys find her? Uh, 15 minutes ago. Potheads looking for a little nature stumbled on her. We got here fast because of Amanda Mateo. Perfect spot. She could have been laying here for months. Yeah, she was hidden pretty well in the trench covered in leaves. We got lucky, if you can call it that. First responders mover? Yeah. We were all pulling for Dan. I hate to see it in like this. Man, I was at Mandy's christening. So was I. Is that Mandy? Hey, Dan. Is that her? Dan. Is that Dan, Mandy? You can't be here, Dan. I can't be here, Danny. Get off Dan. me, Vince! Vince? Let him look. What we are seeing is pure apathy. Black kids are getting killed, and the police are doing nothing to stop it. When will these racists be confronted? And when did the FBI finally arrive? Only after a white boy was killed. We cannot rely on the police. We must protect ourselves. Let the people who are taking our daughters know they will not get away with this. May I introduce a longtime and real friend, Mr. Tony Winters. The one, the only, Tony Winters. Finally, actually, well, yeah, finally an actual interview, okay? You've, you've been associated with us behind the scenes for a long while. You, uh, you, did, uh, you did our, uh, you did our, our first episode was poorly conceived, but you played along anyway doing Ozzy Dunbar. And we chose that name for that character for, I chose that name for that character for a particular reason. And Tony, what was that reason? The reason is because I played a character named Ozzy Dunbar on the long-running NBC series Hunter, which starred uh, Fred Dreyer. I was Ozzy Dunbar, M.E. For, those, for, those un, for the uninitiated medical examiner. In other words, that may, uh, Tony Winters was the one-man CSI for the <laughs> LAPD back in the day. That's yes, it right. Was before, it was before the procedural uh, genre began. So. Oh I, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was back. It was. Hunter was kind of a throwback to a different era. You know, back to the days with Columbo and Mannix and and Banachek and you know. Oh I, yes. Those one name guys who were who would who would spearhead the show. Well, Hunter was probably the last of that breed. Oh my goodness! Now a question for you: How how you how long have you been acting, Tony? You've been yeah. Well, you started in in the mid '80s, right? I started in the early '80s. Oh, early '80s. The earliest of '80s. I started in 1980. In 1980. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in San Diego, California. In San Diego, and yeah. then you came up here, and your first your first uh, your first role, like uh, like. Uh, 
was it was a was a was a soap opera as i was your was no. it no it wasn't a soap opera my my first professional sag gig was a movie called penitentiary three uh with uh starred leon isaac kennedy now you might not know who leon is but leon was the star of a series of films called penitentiary penitentiary two and penitentiary mm -hmm. three this was circa 1980, 81, 82, right in that, right in that mm -hmm. era. And uh, he was, one of his claims to fame is that he was once married to Jane Kennedy. Oh. Yeah, he was married to Jane Kennedy. And uh, well, anyway, I was a tour guide at Universal Studios and uh, trying to figure out how to get my SAG card. So Leon Isaac Kennedy takes my tour one night. Uh, it was the LTD, last tram of the day. Nobody no. ever wanted to do the LTD, mm -hmm. so, uh, but somehow I got hoodwinked and bamboozled into doing it. <laughs> you know those trams, they can see, yeah. like, you know, 200, 300. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, the, the LTD would traditionally have 15 people on it, and it's no fun playing to such a small group. Yeah. And and the last and tram of the day. Everybody's going home. You know, things are closing down. But anyway, I got hoodwinked into doing this tour. And I walked outside and it was this black guy with a big hat on, looked like a pimp and a bunch mm -hmm. of Asian men. Mm -hmm. They got on my tour and for whatever reason, Dan, I decided to flip a switch. And I played to this group of 20 people like, like I, I would play to 300. I told every story, every anecdote, mm -hmm. every joke, every corny joke that I knew. Anyway, at the end of the tour, the guy with the hat, the black guy, walks mm -hmm. up to me and he says, hey, man, I just want to let you know how much we really enjoy, you know, your tour. And I looked at him and I said, wait a second, you're Leon Isaac Kennedy. Mm -hmm. he said, yeah. I said, what are you up to, man? Um, he said, well, I'm co-producing Penitentiary 3. And, you know, ignorance being bliss, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to ask this. But I said, hey, since you're co-producing, maybe you can help me out. I'm an actor. I'm trying to get my SAG card. And he <laughs> said, Okay. <laughs> and he gave me his home phone number this was like march he said call me in june and uh when we go into production i called him in june true to his word he brought me in to meet the director uh i had a couple of lines as a news reporter and uh that was the beginning of my professional acting career oh wow yeah oh my goodness is that is that important <laughs> no, no, it isn't. Okay, no, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Now I gotta ask you. I got. I, did you, did you, did you get hurt? Do you look like you? No, a little sun damage. A little sun, sun damage. damage. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I've been seeing a dermatologist about it. Thanks for pointing it out, Dan. I really appreciate. Well, well, no. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I apologize. It just kind of look, kind of look, you know, because I heard, I heard, ding, ding. I thought, what? Okay, well, man. <laughs> oh no no i'll edit this part out don't worry. it's like okay um uh, but unless you want to talk about it because you know the uh no, just a little sun damage a little sun damage yeah because that's you know that's that's you know we got we got to be careful these days i mean lord surprised when you actually get out in the sun i barely do <laughs> no i just know i'm looking like i'm like now. i'm looking like purple man from daredevil man i I just know to wear sunscreen now, which, you know, was never a priority before. Well, yeah. We, now I know. I learned. Yeah. Hard. Well, yeah, that's that, yeah. that you got to Yeah. It's sit there and slather stuff on, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, you're, you're, you would be less prone, but you know, everybody's still susceptible, you know, and, uh, 
Oh, goodness gracious. So you, matter of fact, we're doing this and they are now, are they dropping LA's finest as, as, as a bulk, as a, as a bulk of episodes that you yeah. can watch one right after the other? The season drops tonight. And that, that, uh, that, that show stars Gabrielle Union and uh, Jessica Alba. Yes. Yeah. As so. LA's finest. Actually, it's a spinoff of Bad Boys 2. Uh-huh. Uh, Gabrielle Union reprises her character from that movie. Except uh, she's, she, but she's come out to LA. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I thought, well, wait, wait, wasn't, wasn't, weren't the Bad Boys movie set in Florida? <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, that's, that's how it began. Oh, well, there we go. That's good yeah. to know, man. Uh, I wanted to talk to you, especially uh, because I noticed that on your acting reel, uh, your acting reel is a little older and it didn't include your, it didn't include, uh, you, you haven't included, uh, uh, Shameless, your your appearance on Shameless, and you said you were you followed that show from from the from the beginning. Yeah, I was I was a fan of Shameless from from day one, you know. Uh, so I, I've watched all ten seasons. I oh wow! Yeah. So when I finally got the audition for it, I was you know I was I was through the moon, man. And uh, funny thing about that character, character mm -hmm. name was Powell. They mm -hmm. wanted someone that looked like. Colin. Colin Powell, yeah. And uh, I, I knew that I had a, there was enough of a resemblance between he and I that I should be at least part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I remember I drove over to Warner Brothers and I got out of my car and I'm walking across the street and I see a friend of mine, uh, a guy I know, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, wonderful actor, mm -hmm. but doesn't look anything like Colin Powell. <laughs> uh -huh. And I said, okay, I think I got him. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, we're going in. And uh, I, we're in the waiting room, and I see another friend of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, I know he's there to read for the same role. Again, wonderful actor, but he doesn't look anything like Colin Powell. Yeah, you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm going to be pretty close on this one. And then, you know, they, they were bringing the actors up, uh, or, yeah, they were bringing the actors up in groups. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, okay, we're reading the doctor now, so we want Bob, uh, Tom, and and Jim to come on up. Uh, well, when anyway, when they got to Powell, they said, mm -hmm. okay, we like Tony and Bob and Jim and and Roger. So mm -hmm. Roger gets up, and Roger's a white dude. <laughs> so oh! <laughs> I said to myself, okay, if they're looking for a Colin Powell, this is my gig to lose. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, so anyway, I go in and I have a really solid read and uh, on my way. Well, that that was good, yeah. Because yeah. I also what was what was really interesting is they were mentioning, you know, like when they would call up the uh, call up the cadets. Now, now, was he in military school? He was in military school. Yes, Carl. He yeah, Carl. Carl. They sent him to military school. Exactly. And because because they they were mentioning Kowski. Yeah. Great kid. Wonderful kid. Well, he was great, and you know, and they were they were they were calling off the names of the graduating class, and it's like Jefferson Davis, you know, blah blah blah, <laughs> and he's like, you know, and this is like something hashish. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Carl Hashish Gallagher. Gallagher, yeah. You caught that? Yeah, it was and, like. And you know, what's funny if you look at if you look at that if you look at those shots very carefully, you will notice yes. that um, the, the 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 seating out on the football field. It's filled with guys in uniform. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like that. That's CGI. Uh, yeah. I'd say maybe a third of those seats were with were filled with extras. 
The rest is all CGI. Oh yeah. Well, it's amazing what you can do. You can make, you can make these, these entire, you know, the entire, these entire scenes and just make it, make it epic in scale with, 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 with illusion. <laughs> Directed by the great John Wells, you know, uh, from ER of ER fame. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he directed that episode and, um, yeah, what's 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 very I know, it's quite quite a little turn there, you know, from from ER to uh, to Shameless. <laughs> Cut a bit of my dialogue out of that scene, though. Cut a bit. Oh of, man! Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that that tirade that I unleash on Carl mm -hmm. went on for another three or four sentences, which oh. I thought were pretty key. Uh, yeah. uh But you know. And it, well, it is what it is. Nobody consults me on these things. Exactly. <laughs> well, they, there's just like, okay, well, it's not, sometimes there were certain things that just don't work within the story, that would work within the development of the character. Exactly. They want, they want a perception of the character. Take, for example, we, you and I have talked before about Silicon Valley, and you, yes. were, and you, had, you had contributed something very funny, but I don't think the funny would have played to the character. The character was an earnest and sincere man with a sincere love for his community, and uh, and I, I think as a politician, he was he was a legitimately good politician. He was a man who truly cared about the job and his not the power. Right his heart was exactly his heart yeah. was in the right place, and I and I think that I think that line would have taken away from that from his from his uh, from what what he was as a person. I'll accept that. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great line, though, man. You know, especially you know, <laughs> especially the finger guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I think it really it really really lent some gravitas to when you and Matt Ross, uh, who plays Gavin Belson, mm -hmm. are having the conversation inside the SUV as he's hopping on his private jet to go flying off. That you know, giving, we're, giving absolutely no love to to the gathered group of singers and well wishers. Um, oh yeah, just yeah. He walks right by them like they aren't even standing there. It's hilarious. It really is. He's he's a complete jerk. And that's this is a sociopath. And you know, he got that entire it's like, oh tells me that I should cut my city budget and hire a volunteer fire department. Yeah, yeah, you should have a volunteer fire department. Yeah, do that, you know. Uh, and it was, and it was read, well the 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 telling scene, which was really great. Was when you are when you are thanking him at the podium, for you know coming bringing this bringing this uh, bringing this business to the, and and then he gets up there and he starts talking and what really plays is the look on your face when he, uh, yeah he's really? unleashing on politicians and, and yeah he's kind of, and, yeah, and, yeah. And <laughs> we are in our work and I'm like you know <laughs> yeah I'm, hello I'm right here exactly. Now, uh, <clears throat> in addition to your on-screen work, I have to I have to take a little issue with you because you've been taking off that voiceover work, Mister NBA. Well, but it was NBA 2015, wasn't it? NBA 2015. NBA 2K15, yes. UK15. I remember that very clearly because I was like, <laughs> "What? You taking voiceover?" No, no, no okay. And I wasn't just the voice; I was also the image. Yeah, that's, that's see, the, yeah, exactly, the motion <laughs> capture guy. Yeah. And they did a good job with that. So yeah, so you are ready. You're ready to work eternally now. They just slap on the motion capture suit. Oh, and they, I, I they love that job. It was, 
I'll tell you, it was one of the most challenging jobs I ever had. Uh, the reams and reams of dialogue that you that you have to, you know. Oh yeah, for player options. <laughs> yes, and and each one plays a little differently than the one before. So mm -hmm. it might be just a sentence or two that changes this scene from that scene, mm -hmm. and there's no time to memorize. I mean. Mm -hmm. The guy that I worked most closely with is an actor named Sheldon Bailey, who was the my player figure in mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in our game. Mm -hmm. And he and I would just step aside. We'd rehearse it for five minutes, and then we'd say, we're ready. We have to mm -hmm. go on. That mm -hmm. was really one of the most challenging jobs I've ever had in my career, man. No doubt about it. Yeah, well, that, I get I get that get a lot of that from uh, the voiceover actors, but especially say if you're doing the motion carry, uh, the motion capture, mm -hmm. it's got to be even more more intense. But uh, but uh, given the opportunity for uh, for the next uh, next uh, next game rolling around, you want it? <laughs> I'd be happy to. I, I'd, be there, I'd be there with bells on tomorrow. Uh, well, they'll get in the way of the motion capture balls, so be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what, uh, what, uh, when, when you when you get on set with people, who 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 is the uh, who is the actor that has just impressed you the most that you have done a scene with that you that you uh, that that really that actually surprised you 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 saw them and you thought man yeah but then all of a sudden bam you're in the moment with you were able to get in the moment with this with this actor who was that. Oh gosh, you want me to pick out one actor I've worked with? I know you've worked with countless actors, but like, but you know, <laughs> but you know to this day there is somebody that stands out in your head, pops oh, right to the top of the out. Uh, the the person that would stand out, uh, and we had very little interaction on screen, but we were in 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 uh, one of the same scenes would be mm -hmm. Sidney Poitier. The legendary Sidney Poitier, and I know what you're talking about. You're talking about yeah, you're talking about sneakers. Yeah. One of my uh, one of my all time favorite like heist heisty type movies. I loved yeah. it. I love that movie. Genre, and, yes. And Robert Redford is the king of the the heist films. Oh, hey, he's, like yes, exactly. And yeah, uh, Three Days of the Condor, all those great movies he made in the yeah. Film. Just being on that set alone, first of mm -hmm. all, you know, there's Robert Redford, James yeah. Jones, Mary McDonald, River Phoenix, David Strait Thairn, uh, the director, Phil Alden Robinson, also directed Field of Dreams. Yeah. So there were and Sydney. There were Four or five Oscar winners on that set, not to mention nominees. Exactly, and and there were and there were so many people that were also not only not only that there were there there are people in that that have 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 come on to be legendary names themselves. Yeah, well, Sydney and I, you know, I, I had written a book years ago, long mm -hmm. before my professional career got started. It said, you know, when you get a job, you don't go running up to the star introducing yourself. You don't, you know, try to become their best friend. You just kind of lay back in the cut and let whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. So at one point, I remember I was sitting offset and Sidney Poitier came and sat next to me. I hadn't said much more than probably hello to him at, at that juncture. And I don't remember exactly how it happened, but it happened very organically. He and mm -hmm. I started talking about, I started telling him that I read his book, his biography, his autobiography when I, when I was in college. And uh, he, he tells a story in his book about uh, the time when he first auditioned for the Negro Ensemble Theater 
in New York. And he, he had been making his living as a dishwasher, but he thought being an actor had to be better than being a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Well, he was so bad in his audition that the guy that was directing the play ran up on stage, grabbed him by his collar, and threw him out the door and said, go get a job washing dishes somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes walking down the street feeling completely dejected, thinking, how, did that, how the hell did that guy know I was a dishwasher. You know? oh. I relate that story to him. And, and he and I laughed about it for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's why it's so important for an actor to do his homework, man. Read books, you know, know who you're working with. And so that story just happened to come up something that's, you know, st- stayed in my memory. And uh, that was where he and I bonded. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he had been my hero growing up. Of course. I wanted to be a movie. I wanted to be an actor from the time I was a very small child. And and I think we've talked about this, Dan. You know, there was the 430 movie in Detroit. Ah, yes, the 430 movie, amongst other things. It would come on channel seven and they'd have Paul Newman week, you know, uh a Robert Redford week, uh, you know, Jane Fonda week, and they'd have Sidney Poitier week. And I'd watch all of his movies, and he was just the classiest, you know, uh Mm-hmm. that I had ever seen and such a screen presence at a time when when African Americans weren't a huge presence on in American cinema you know what I mean no no they weren't yeah. you know they and, and and not 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 in the not in the lead roles that he took yes and, and, and yes. he was always always astounding and he is a consummate gentleman actually I met him uh not 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 to not to be bragging or nothing I met him up at Quincy Jones's know. house <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing my classic Bill Kennedy at the movies. So anyway, I'm hanging out. You remember Bill Kennedy at the movies, oh, right? Bill Kennedy. I spent every afternoon watching Bill yeah, Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, Channel 50, man. And he would sit there at his desk with his cigarette. Oh, Marlena Dietrich. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this Bill Kennedy style. I'm even wearing the glasses. I mean, so yeah. So I was up at Quincy Jones's house with a, with a friend of mine and, uh, and my friend walked out and said, hey, we need to give this guy a ride home. And I said, oh, hello, okay. Well, the guy comes out, and it's Sidney Poitier. <laughs> but, yeah. Exactly kind of, I love Bill Kennedy, man. And he would, he would regale his audiences with these stories about working in old Hollywood. And, you know, just yeah. a few years ago, I, was, I got curious about Bill, and I, uh, I, I Googled, I, I'm sorry, I went to YouTube, and I looked up some of his old movies. Right. Uh, he was, you know, he was, he was, a, he was a very prominent B-level movie star in the '30s and '40s. You know. Oh yeah. In a in in some of those Saturday morning serials. Oh yeah. And uh, lots of roles in westerns. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and he was the voice of the, the Lone Ranger. Was he the voice of the Lone Ranger at one time? I did. I do not know on that. You were you have obviously gotten yourself more informed than I have. <laughs> he had a a a, a very prominent uh, uh, baritone voice, and he oh was, yeah, he was the voice of the Lone Ranger, I believe, at one point. Oh, my goodness, quote me on that one, but yeah. Now I see I see your poster behind you. By the way, <laughs> was this shirt the shirt you're wearing today? Was that from your wardrobe for that? Uh, I used it in the show on Hotter Nights, but yeah. uh, when it when it would, uh, but uh, no, it, it wasn't the shirt. That it I wasn't, wasn't part of it. Yeah, no, no. 
Cause, cause you definitely roll with it with the orange and the red. That's like, that's like your go-to colors when you, when you, when you're, when you're not, when you're not in the wardrobe thing. I've noticed that. I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 by the way, I want to apologize for giving you grief over those orange slacks. I'm just very <laughs> jealous that you can pull off those colors that I, I cannot, you know, they I, were red actually. Hold on just a second. Were they red? <laughs> They are red. Uh, they are, well, they are solidly <laughs> red. They just, they just pictured, they came off pictured as, as orange. Yeah. In the, but, oh yeah. But see, I, I can't, I can't wear, I can't wear true red. I can wear maroon. I can wear, I can't wear bright. I really can't wear a lot of bright colors. And if well, I do, know, I. Um, that, that show, that character. Uh, um, yes. It says that in, in the script, he's actually like a janitor. He walks out in ragged clothes, you know. Oh wow! Braid seams and stained tie, and, and, a, and a floppy hat, and he's carrying a bucket and a mop. No. But I wasn't doing it like that. <laughs> no, no, no. I loved, I loved that man. You know yeah. that. You know, I, I, I felt, I felt you, you paid proper homage to Shel Silverstein's writing. I thought, I thought it was spot on. <laughs> Well, the idea actually came about, um, I saw a friend of mine do it circa 1990 mm -hmm. at a small theater in North Hollywood. Uh, I I'll give him credit. His name was J. Darrell Williams. Mm -hmm. And he had been telling me for a couple of years, I'm going to do this thing, man, the Dublin Billy Mark. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So uh, anyway, I go see him and he was wonderful in the role, but I was more blown away by the material. Right, and, and I ran over to Samuel French, and I bought a copy of it, and I said, "I'm going to do this one day." And I threw it in my closet again. This is 1990. Oh yeah. And I said, "One of these days, I'm going to get to it." Mm -hmm. And I did. What? Fifteen. Yeah. 15 years later. Fifteen years later, I remember yeah. that very well, man. Uh, you know, oh man, but uh, yeah, there's still, there's still, there's. I think Samuel French is still down here. We've still got, we've still got a couple of them left. I think. I think um, they closed the one on Sunset. They closed the one on Sunset, but they still have the one on Ventura. Nope. No, that one's that one closed before the one on Sunset. I think they're both gone now. It's it's it's, it's an online store, which makes you know old time <laughs> stage uh, actors here in LA very very sad because it, it really fun. does. Well, yeah, it's we were a we, place to just go and hang out and read and. Peru. Well, there are so many, there's so many, there's so many, so many places that just, you know, up and disappear, you know. Well, the bookstore has become a thing of the past, you know. They, well, the bookstore and, and a good restaurant like Dupar's, Dupar's was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I see an eye roll on Dupar? They were, they were good for what they were, you know, that's, it's, you know. Well, there's one still at the, uh, at the Grove. There's one at the Grove, but yeah, but yeah. I, we, we don't know how that one's going to roll with, with everything that went down this last week. Yeah. Because I guess the uh, the farmers market took a hit. I was like, you know, then that that's exasperating to me because for for the for for the reason that there are people out there intent on making making a moral and just protest contentious. They are they are intent to they are intent to they are intent to undermine the message, and that's what annoys me. So. Mm -hmm. But uh, we we are here to discuss happier thoughts. That's what we are. But we can discuss anything you want to discuss, Daniel. Well, you you want it, you want it, you uh, then you, we should we should have that discussion then because you know we were talking about the fact that there were so few black roles in the in in movies. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and, <clears throat> and, and sadly that, that there are a few black roles in life in, in general uh, in, this con- in, in this country at times. And, and the, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm, talk, I'm talking about your experience. I'm wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> well, what I was struck by most recently um, is how sometimes white people just don't see us. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a good example of that. Um, I was watching George Floyd's funeral on television. Mm-hmm. Our local broadcast. I, I believe it was Channel 11. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the camera was <clears throat> panning to different, you know, notable people in the room. <clears throat> and Kevin Hart was seated in the front row. Mm-hmm. And uh, next to Kevin Hart, was Ludacris, mm-hmm. the rapper, movie star. Mm-hmm. Next to Ludacris was Tiffany Haddish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the camera was on all three of them. But the mm-hmm. only person that news anchor knew was Kevin Hart. Nah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She kept, she kept saying, well, Kevin Hart is here. Kevin Hart said, Tiffany Haddish is there. Yeah. <laughs> Ludacris is there. And then they went across the aisle. And they, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, they, 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 they focused on the governor of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I don't recall his name. And they said, and the governor is here. Mm-hmm. And uh, seated next to the governor, by the way, happened to be Martin Luther King III. And nobody here. She had no idea who Martin Luther King III was sitting right next to the governor of Minnesota. So I'm saying that to say that sometimes you guys don't see us. I know that may not be your issue, <clears throat> Daniel, because you know we we're oh no 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 we you, you, uh, and I know how you get down. I know what kind, I know. Oh, what, no, no. What you do not you do not have to apologize for my white fragility. Okay, if I if <laughs> if I have been guilty of it, then I've been guilty of it. And and the thing is, people get defensive, and and that's there therein lies the problem is especially for for what I what what I what I see as clearly evident. I, I hear it in conversation and it's been a subtle and insidious undertone. That's, that's what pisses me. That's what pisses me off. That's what I, and, and there is a, a, a different level of brutality and harshness uh, that police, not all, I won't, no, I won't no, no. All the broad brush, but some police officers treat African-Americans. Oh yeah. And this, this is nothing new. You know, this no. didn't begin with Mr. Floyd or Tamir Rice or oh, no, no. You know, Amar no, exactly. This is I have been on the other end of that policeman's knee, metaphorically speaking, many times myself. Right. Yeah. In fact, I still wear the, I have the scars of one particularly uh brutal encounter with a racist white cop. Mm-hmm. So uh I support this movement. Uh I do not support looting and rioting. I think that well, uh, that's that's just what I was talking about because you know people because what happens is when you have these opportunist looters, you have the rioters who I honestly I firmly believe that the majority of them there are sent specifically to undermine a just and moral message that mm-hmm. they are not they are not part and party of this protest in any way shape or form. They are they are there to undermine the message, and that's what makes me righteously indignant. And when, it reminds me of that uh, rap song by Houdini, 
the freaks come out at night. No. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as nightfall comes, you know, the freaks come out. Oh and, man, but uh, yeah, yeah. But that was that was that was a good jam, man. That was that, you was, know, that, that yeah. was a great That's song, awesome, man. man. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, of course, of course, there's nothing in that song that we would wear today. Uh, <laughs> and fresh mini skirt. Huh. Fresh mind at night. Ooh. Great song, yeah. Oh, they well the eighties, the eighties are the way we of course we we all we all remember the eighties songs, man. I was I was I was well versed across the board, so I appreciated everything like Ready for the World and uh and uh and <clears throat> and climax and uh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's when Shaka Khan made a resurgence. Meeting in the ladies' room. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, and and it's always it's always it, it really it really has come a point that you know that we we have to talk about the elephant in the room. You just can't yeah. you know, and and people people fail to realize that and 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 so many of my fellow Caucasians. They they want to deny their history. Well, I don't know why everybody doesn't get over it. It's like you know, that's like me asking you to get over the uh, the death of you know uh, of a family member, okay? And you know, and and, and uh, one of the things I got I got into an online I got into an online fight. I because I, this guy was was pissing me off because he kept talking about how well you know if you look at the numbers, white people are shot more than black, are killed more by cops than black people. I'm like. Hold the phone, all right? Hold the phone right there because there are 192 million white people in this country versus approximately 42 million black people. So per now, capita, per capita, I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, get, I get your point. Um, but, you know, let me, let me tell you something, man. Um, I, I had a revelation the other day because, you know, you, we hear this all the time that, you mm -hmm. know, um, uh, we've, we've been enduring, you know, um, uh, racism and segregation and oppression for 400 years. It's almost mm -hmm. been exactly 400 years. You yeah. Know that? Because blacks first came to the Americas in 1619. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Last year was 2019. Mm -hmm. That's 401 years exactly. that, that many of us have had to endure second-class citizenship, mm -hmm. you know, and the first 250 years was chattel slavery, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then it was another 100 years of legalized uh, 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 of segregation. Right. And Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, within my lifetime. And our, yeah, that, exactly. That, 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 that we were, that we have become fully realized citizens on paper. On paper, so, but yeah, but still toothless enforcement of that of that civil rights act. And, and you know, changing hearts and minds is a very different thing from legislating. You exactly. Know, um, legisl from legislation. So um, yeah, this and, is, this is a problem that has been gone that goes back centuries, man. Oh, exactly. And, uh, yeah. Well, I, I I I hate to throw I hate to throw the religion in the mix, but you brought up a very solid point. That just because it's on paper doesn't mean it is is in the hearts of 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 the people, and that, and therein lies the problem, especially amongst people who claim Christianity. You know, they're like you know the rule of law, and I'm like a law doesn't it doesn't do anything to change the heart of the person, and that is your job as a Christian is to change. Well, I, the heart I'm, I'm encouraged, man. I, 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 
I'm the eternal optimist. I'm that guy that wakes up on the right side of the bed. Well, good and, for you. <laughs> and, uh, and also, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, if, if, if it's within my power, I'm not going to be relegated to second-class citizenship. Let me tell you something. My Uncle Charles fought mm. in Vietnam. My Uncle, uh, my Uncle Garfield fought in Korea. My Uncle John B. fought in World War II. You know, mm. uh, and I could go on and on. You know, mm -hmm. my, my older brother, Derek, served uh, during the Vietnam War. He didn't see action, God bless mm -hmm. him. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, as, I am as invested in, in, in the United States of America as anybody else. Yes. So this is my country, damn it. And I'm going to fight for everything, for every right that has been bestowed upon me by our creator. And I'm going to work. And I'm going to work, Dan to make, to form a more perfect union. I'm going to do everything I can. Well, that's what we have to do. That's we have our to... responsibility as citizens. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, so the fight continues. And, and, and again, as I, I say, I was encouraged. I went to the beach earlier with a friend of mine. And as we were driving home, I'm driving by North Hollywood Park. And I see a huge crowd out there, you know. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, <laughs> these are white people that I'm seeing holding signs that say Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and um, so I'm encouraged about, you know, the future. Well, I, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged I by this our... Is a watershed moment in American history, and there will be change. Will no. it be total change? No, but we will begin moving in the right direction once again. This, this whole pandemic, this, this whole protest... Mm -hmm. Oh, you locked up on me. Oh, I'm hoping you unfreeze, Tony. Um, oh, there we go. Oh, there you are. You froze up on me. Uh, you froze up. I don't. I don't know where you where you left off at. <laughs> I was just saying that you know, I do not believe that uh, these recent deaths of of George Floyd and uh, yeah, and all and yeah, and and at all have been in vain. I think uh, they're going to be a catalyst for change. Yeah, and, and it needs to be. And it, it's yeah. a long overdue needed change. Yeah. I honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't have said that. I, I said, it breaks my heart that these people, that these people were, were taken from us and, 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 and forcefully taken. That's, mm -hmm. and, and these were, and, and, you know, when you, especially when you look, because the, all of these people were younger than us. Yeah, and, savagely. And it, it was on the street in broad daylight. Oh yeah, had the I mean, light choked out of him by this. And you could, I know the the thing that really the the thing that really set me off was the look on Chauvin's face as he looked directly at everybody, daring them to, daring us to be, daring us to get away with it. Yeah, he thought he'd get away with it. Um, and and. I, I guess he thought, you know, you give you give me a badge and a gun, I can take your life. That 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 was his mindset. Yeah. Well, so, you know, yeah, evil. So I evil. think an argument can be made for first degree murder, but I think yeah. we we'll get off into the weeds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, anyway, it is great talking to you, Tony. This is actually a really great interview with you on the stop, and I and I appreciate the the fact that you were we were able to have have a real conversation. Well, and, I appreciate uh, you, Dan. 
Thanks, you know, well, I always, I always do too, you know, and it's, it's nice and especially, especially if you want to talk to somebody about a Bob Lowe Island Coney dog, you know, I know who to come to. So that's the important thing. And, and, you know, we can't just have a conversation about my acting career in a vacuum as if there's no pandemic going on and there's no. <laughs> yeah. And there's no, yeah, yeah. There, you know, there's not, there's not a protest for racial justice and a pandemic going on. Going all on. around the world. All around. The, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the thing that does resonate with me. So I'm glad because, you took me this platform to, to at least voice, you know, my, my, my thoughts and my opinions. And, um, you know, I always appreciate our friendship and um, I always wish you the best, man. Well, no less wished for you, my friend. <laughs> you have a good one. Thank you. Thank you, Dan.